Welcome to the Dapper Don Podcast. It's your boy Dapper Don Dez. You see, we got the new shirts made. You can hit the uh, link in the description to see if we have any in your size right now. Uh, we just getting started. We just starting to get the merch done. But as you see, we, you know, we active, we growing, we progressing. But if you really like what you hear in this content and you really want to make sure you staying up to date with what we got going on, man, hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit the like button, leave a review, leave a comment, let us know what you want to hear, what kind of made its way in front of you, you know, week to week, because this is a bi-weekly show. We do this every Monday. And uh, without further ado, man, let's get into the show. So today I want to discuss, we got a lot of things we're going to talk about, but the first thing I got to talk about is, of course, Meg Thee Stallion's album. I don't know if that's in a course, right? Because I didn't do last week, Thanksgiving. So, because there was that, that layover, it's so much that I don't that I don't know if you know about. Because if I'm the only source, I can't tell you if you know about it or not. But look, we're gonna still get into it anyway, though. So we're gonna talk about Meg. Meg the Stallion dropped her debut album. Good news, and uh, and I don't know. It came to a lot of mixed reviews. That's the word you use when people say, "Ah, oh, it's Meg great." Apparently, according to my girl, she's dropped a tape called Fever. I guess Fever was a better project in most women's or most her fans' opinions than uh, Good News, which is named her debut album. And I was telling her in the car, I said, that's bottom par with every artist. Uh, if you look at March Madness was better than, you know, uh, March Madness was better than Dirty Sprite too. Let me tell it. Uh, Rich Forever was better than God Forgives I Don't. Warm Up was better than Sideline Story. Uh... It's just, it's how it goes. It's really how it goes. A dream, DC 2, Dream Chasers 2 is better than uh, Dreams and Nightmares. That debut album, I guess it's a lot more hands in a pot, a lot more opinions, a lot more, well, what's marketable? How many pressure points can we hit? When it was just a mixtape, it was you cooking. It was so much more freedom. It was so much more freedom. And I think we tend to overthink them debut albums and we put too much expectation on it because... Meg fell into that. Meg fell into that. Oh, well, this ain't my debut. This ain't my debut. It's just a project. This ain't my debut. It's just a project. And all of those just the projects turned out to be better in opinions of, of course, the women that I talk to. Um, I didn't really listen to it. And I'm not saying a guy can't have a profound opinion on Meg Thee Stallion's music. But more than likely, I'm just saying more than likely, uh, a woman is going to find herself with way more of, of interest, way more, uh, uh, just way, way more engaged, way more engaged with what Meg's talking about. And that that's the thing about Meg Stallion. So Meg Stallion, longer awaited debut album, good news, has made Billboard's 200 debut with over 100,000 total album equivalent uh, units earned. This project landed at number two on a week's charts just behind K-pop group BTS, I guess that's Burn the Stage, B album. I think that did like 242. They're like the, uh, they're, they're the Asian, they're the Asian One Direction. <laughs> I think that, like, that may be a, a good example. They're like the Asian One Direction. K-pop is, I guess, it's Korean pop stars or just Asian pop stars. I don't know what nationality they are, but they're Asian. Uh... But it does, it does leave me to ask, is there blood in the water when it comes to Meg? Because 100,000, you know, you we kind of thought she was, you know, 
she was gonna make the cipher complete. We thought it was gonna be Nikki, Cardi, Meg, right? Biggie, Nas, Big Biggie, Nas, and Jay. Glad I had that on vibrate. Biggie, Nas, and Jay. Uh, uh, Cole, Kendrick, and Drake. We thought they was gonna be that trio because it takes a trio. If you think about it, like uh, you gotta lock in that spot with a trio for it to be real. If you look when the South took over, you had Ti, Wayne, Jeezy. You look at when the East Coast took it back over, Jay-Z, Ja Rule, DMX. You need three. It's a rule of three. It's kind of like comedy. It's a rule of three. It's got to be three greats. We thought it was going to be Nicki, Cardi, and Meg. But is that blood in the water when it comes to Meg? Does Meg really got the appeal we think she has? I mean, she's cool, but in reality, it's her flow. It's her delivery. Relating to women, is it connecting? What what is it? So my question is, is that blood and when I say is that blood in the water is, is that third spot still open? I mean, is that even three spots for real? Because there's never been more than one hot woman. So that's over already. That's over as far as just hot songs go. If you look at uh if you look look at all the top competition, you got Sweetie. Sweetie looked like she's the next up. Um, Cash Dog kind of was one of the first ones that looked like she was gonna pop, and it just kind of feel like it, it fizzed out for her. But she's still bad. I know looking good is a part of being a successful female rapper. I know that much. Looking good is a part of being a successful female rapper. Uh, you you got so many at this point, bro. You got Rico Nasty. You still got Raps. You just won lyrics of the year. Uh, could a lyricist change the pace of it? Do they need to sprinkle? I think Nicki already a lyricist, but do like a, a backpack rapper. Female backpack rapper needs to be in that trio. Or do you even believe that needs to be a trio? Do you even need, think it needs to be three? Because if you get three, it's official. Like when you got Drake, Cole, and Kendrick, it was official backpack rap ran the 2010s. That was just official. There was nothing else to be said. Gangsta rap took a backseat. And now it looks like with these young street dudes, you got, you know, Lil Baby, Roddy Rich, all of that. But I'm just speaking on a woman, on, on the women's side of hip-hop. To get that trifecta really brings something interesting. And usually you want to have, you know, like if you look at, let, let's take Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and DMX, and T.I., Wayne, and uh, Jeezy. Like Jeezy and DMX was in that same vein of street rap. Just like kind of made it off of straight charisma they kind of got bars too. They witty, but it's not like super lyrical miracle. It's their delivery. That delivery is just so passionate and strong. You look at Wayne and Ja Rule, the way they bring melodic to the to the, uh, the table. Party records is an essential part of hip hop being that. And then you got the overall round, well-rounded artists. You know, your T.I., your, your Jay-Z, your, your Drake, right? Because Drake would be in that line. Would be on that line of, of the, the TIs. I'm sure Drake doesn't want to be compared to TI at all right now. But um, they'll be along those lines. And I guess you could say. I, I guess you could say, well, I guess Cole would be more in that line, and Drake would fall like in line with, with the Wayne's and Ja Rules or like that party records. And Kendrick could be in the vein of Jeezy and so. If you have to have, I guess that means I'm saying you got to have one, like, overall great artist like a T.I., 
Jay-Z, a good party record. So I guess that'll be Cardi if we're going to keep this trend. If we just going to, you know, humor me. Just humor me for a minute. Let, let your imagination go free. Cardi will be in the vein with the Ja Rules and Lil Wayne's, right? She got that spot solidified. Nikki fits in that Jay-Z, T.I., Drake thing. If we're going to put that on there. That third spot... Who, who as a female rapper right now just got a sound, man? Just the way she delivers it is a hot. It, it's got that like that gritty, that grimy, like that just uh, to her. I think it's Mulatto. I think it's Big Lotto. I've been listening to some Big Lotto lately, man, and I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed. I remember I told you with the freshman cover how impressed I was with her. She's been grinding longer than anybody 11 years. She started at 10 and she's been grinding with music ever since. She's 21. She's super young. Um, and, and I think only thing that's really holding her back is the name Mulatto. The, the name Mulatto might actually find itself being something that, that's a deterrent for her. And I think she starts to realize that because originally she said she wouldn't change it because I guess she said her mom got pregnant with her at 15 and she was pregnant by a black man. Like it was in a predominantly white school. And she got pregnant by a black man. So I'm taking it that Mulatto is biracial. And uh, and I guess that's like where she draws inspiration for her name. Well, as much as that's an interesting backstory, and I think that does have to be a conversation of being biracial in the black community and how do you identify yourself and where you feel like your place sits and if you can truly have an honest conversation about race when it comes to do you feel like you biracial? Do taking on a title of biracial instantly like null involves you from null involves you from being black? Is that you separating yourself, or are you just properly naming labeling yourself? Does somebody who's fully black had a right to tell you you're not black, even though you're clearly black? So it's something interesting, but for sure the name mulatto, uh, the the name mulatto is definitely controversial. And we'll get into that why later, but. You know, for now, there, it was during a, 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 an interview at the Hip Hop Awards. She said that, uh, it, here's what the article said, during the interview at the BET Hip Hop Awards, the he, shit, he Say, She Say artist hinted at possible change of her controversial stage name from Mulatto to her alternate nickname, Big Lotto. Big Lotto, but she a sure bet. It's, uh, she she quotes she's quoted saying I can't say too much because we're working on something right now but I would be lying to say it hasn't crossed my mind before Mulatto told DX it's a controversy that I hear and see every day and as far as my name goes so I'd be lying to say no I never thought of that but I can't say too much because right now because it's going to be a part of something bigger ooh. Oh, I can't wait to see what you come up with there. She had a verse on Boosie's Nasty Nasty. Now, it's off that Talk That Ish uh, tape. I Boosie just had a whole different flow on that tape. I've never heard Boosie rap on beats like that. It was a cohesive project. Talk That Ish was a cohesive project. He might should have sold that one. It was fire. But uh, Mulatto had a dope verse on that. Extra freaky talk. Talk that extra freaky stuff. But what is Mulatto? It's a term of a slave... It's a term of a light-skinned or biracial black person with good hair. It comes from slave term. But speaking of Mulatto having good hair, let's talk about Mulatto and the bonded bandit. Let's talk about her uh, allegedly stealing wigs, man. Um, so I can't tell you the whole story, and I didn't, 
I didn't bother to super investigate. So I'm just going off of what my girls heard somebody else say. That the girl that Mulatto two years ago, before she was hot, had made an agreement that she would wear some wigs that some woman had sent her and uh, and she would promote it, blase, blase. Right? Well, that never happened. The woman tries to get in contact for two years with her and nothing comes of it. You know, and I, uh, nothing comes out of it. Well, eventually, I believe, I don't know who said what first. See, this is why I'm kind of feeling like I should stay out of women's business, but I'm at least get my two cents on it this much and say, from what I understand, the girl gave her the wig. She was like, nah, don't come at me crazy. Because she was like, you know, two years later, you ain't done nothing. Yo, give me the wigs back. You bugging my mind. You doing something. You doing too much. Bilotto hit her back like, don't talk to me crazy. I, 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 back and forth, back and forth. But anyway, a lot of people felt like that she was scamming by taking the wigs and not promoting it. I remember having a discussion with my girl like, well, that's on the woman who sent the wigs more than anything. Because did you send a contract? Did you pay her to do this? Did you pay her to, to give you these shout outs? She says 10 bands for her to give you a tweet, for her to, to tweet out a shout out, which is, I mean, I guess that's good investment because you want to get your advertisement where you can get your advertisement off at. But as a big celebrity like that, even if you, and for you to say, oh, I got you, I had you do this before you blew up. Uh, if you was in London and you heard about me, I clearly must have done something. I've been on TV before. I've been doing this since I was 10 years old. When I got 11 years of equity in it, so even if I might have agreed to it, and it slipped my mind and I forgot because you didn't go through the team, you didn't go through the process, you thought you was going to be slick and just send it to her and bypass her team and get it done for free. Well, now that it's time to go talk to the team, guess what? They're going to be like, I don't remember that. No, you talking to her about that? Well, that's between you two. See, you try to get like it off the strength of a friend. And your whole thing is, well, where to send the wig back? No, no, it's not my job to. You ship something to me. I make a statement. I tell you, yeah, I wear whatever. It's business, right? Business. Sometimes people, I might have in that moment thought it sounded like a good idea. It might sound like a good idea. You brought the wigs. It wasn't that great. They didn't feel that good. It could be whatever. It could be whatever. I didn't feel like doing it anymore. I didn't owe you. I don't owe you nothing. I didn't build this for you. Now I'm supposed to go out my day, go down to UPS and bring, send it back to you. No, that's a loss. You should have wrecked that off as a shrink. It's shrink. Let it go. I'm not sending you nothing. I'm not doing nothing. If I'm the manager, I'm picking up the phone like, yo, stop harassing my artists. Stop harassing my artists. I don't care. You didn't, you don't got a contract. If you don't got a contract for this, I don't, I don't care what she told you she was going to do two years later. What do you wait? If your product was so high, you wouldn't have to wait two years. What have you done in those two years? Well, what have you been trying to strive and achieve for? I don't get that. I don't get that. So what? You got to keep sending it. Send it out to more people. Because guess what? You may think this is good promotion, but we know you for complaining. We don't necessarily know or being unprofessional and blasting women. Now, if I'm Sweetie, if I'm uh, uh, Rico Nasty, if I'm, I'm whoever, whatever female rapper you got out here, or models, like, oh, well, dealing with you, clearly, you know, it, it don't get professional. Oh, I tried to talk to you nicely. Now, nah, talk to me with money. Talk to me with a contract. Because if I'm the manager, I'm like, you tried to backdoor us by going to her, tucking on her heartstring, and now you're trying to emotionally blackmail her. 
You got to do business. You can't go around us. Ain't no ducking us. Ain't no going over here and, and trying to get a little, little cheaper deal. No, 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 no. My artists will not be affiliated with nothing you got going on. You tried it, dog. You tried it. You trying to make it. Oh, well, we had an agreement among women. Uh, uh, uh. No, that's my investment. <laughs> that's my investment. You ain't got agreement with nothing. If you ain't got agreement with me. And this entire team, everybody sit at the table because when that 10 bands come in for promotion, that gets sat at the middle of the table and we bust it down. Sit on the middle of the table and we bust it down. You think you're just going to get it for free? No, no. No. Mm-mm. I don't feel like that's cruel. And if she did wear the wig, and if she did wear the wig, there you go. That's your promotion. That's your promotion. Why don't you take that picture of her having your wig on and you promote it? <laughs> Because now you got the placement. You feel me? You asked for the placement. You got the placement. She got it on. It, it's on you to uh, monetize that. It, it's on you. It's on you to monetize that, man. Companies do it all the time. You know, our, our clothing companies do it all the time, man. And if you want to send me something, you can reach me at Daffodon underscore Dez on Instagram. You can send me something and pretty be, and pretty, uh, be pretty specific on what it is you want me to do with the product because, bro, you ain't finna... You ain't just finna take my product or take my platform and do whatever you want with it. No, no, bro. You got to be more specific. But on the more darker news, not so much more lighter news, uh, on more dark news, this is the last time I'm going to speak on anything involving, you know, th these two, the death of King Von or Quando Rondo, because I don't want to seem like I'm throwing gas on the fire. I do want to give my opinion because that's what I podcast for, right? Just give you what I think about things. But at the same time, man, you know, it's it's a sad thing. And I end up watching a DVD about King Von. And a dude, not a DVD, like a little, you know, a documentary clip, some super police stuff. Like they naming all his friends, T-Roy, J-Money, uh, all these dudes that's apparently... From what was it called? Wick City? That was what they called the, the Park View Projects. I thought the projects itself was called Old Block, but Old Block was the name of a dude that got murdered from that block. And the thing said apparently a little girl did like a, or at least a girl was involved. And, and he was, I mean, and this is the sad thing about game banging. You're watching videos of, I mean, they were my age. Don't get me wrong, because this was in 2010, 2011, so they were my age. But you watching videos of teenagers, man, going at it. And, and it's a super sad thing. It's a super sad thing. But, you know, anyway, it's a super sad thing when you look at it. And they talked about the people who Vaughn allegedly murdered, allegedly was involved in killing and it was a super, it was mad depressing, bro. I wish I wouldn't have watched it. It's a deep rabbit hole. I ain't had no business getting involved in. It's been in my spirit. I've been trying to work it out in my spirit all weekend. But I'm going to talk on this Quando Rondo. So do you think Quando Rondo is shook? Do you think Quando Rondo is, is scared? So they've been taunting him, saying he's canceling shows. He's scared to show up. You know, blase, blase. So 
Here's the whole spill. And uh, uh, but he says otherwise. Here's what he says in a video, in a series of videos shared on Instagram on Saturday, November 28th. Rondo and crew blamed his comeback show for getting shut down on the May and police. And at 1.600 breezy, a string of violence had hit making in recent days, including a shooting outside of a downtown bar that left one person dead and numerous individuals injured. Neither the mayor nor the police in Macon has publicly commented about the reason behind Rondo's show cancellation. So basically, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, he's scared and and Dirk on his head and, you know, all, all the Chirac dudes is on him. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, man, like I've always said, like I said before, Dirk is as hot as he's ever been, man. This is what he worked for because in 2012, 2013, he was the singing dude among Reese and, and and Chief Keith and all of them. You know, it wasn't like his his music was being held as something prolific. And now with this Drake look, with this uh he got a record with, with Black and Young Thug Young Thug called Stay Down. His music is making his rounds. He's finally getting his respect. He's branding OTF as a brand. I don't I would just hope he doesn't get involved. I keep saying that I'm going to continue to say it. Matter of fact, this is the last time I'm going to speak on it. I ain't going to speak on nothing other, no other developments, no nothing. Unless one of the other two die, I'm not going to speak on it. Even though Asian, I seen something about Asian, the dog talking about clearing up the alleged beef between Youngboy and uh, Vaughn or whatever. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Rest in peace to the brother. May justice be served, whatever that means. May justice be served, whatever that means. But yo, Guando Rondo saying uh, he showed a video of uh, he showed a, a video of him talking to a promoter and the promoter saying that he did show up. He was early. He didn't cancel the show. They saying uh, he showed the footage, but the date on the footage said January first, twenty eighteen. Everybody's like, how can you have footage? Uh, for a show that's two years for, and is dated two years ago, like come on, bro, y'all know, y'all know the surveillance camera that that's the default setting. If it's if you turn that camera on and it doesn't save or it powers down, it wasn't saved or linked to something that keeps its time and date relevant. It's gonna go back to the default setting of January first, whatever year. Twenty eighteen must have been the year the camera was created. So it's going to go back to that default time unless you sync it to something. So it, I think it's very well true. He was showing up. He was. I've been listening to a few of his mu some of his music now. Uh, it's straight. It's cool. It, it's cool. I, I like the melodic. He's a, he's a melodic rapper, but, you know, I think he definitely has a lot of talent. He has a lot of skill set. He, he has, a. I mean, a, a huge skill set. I don't think he would have been in any of this had he not aligned himself with NBA Youngboy. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, that's just my two cents on that. Rest in peace, King Von. Anyway, anyway, now on to a more lighthearted topic. Ugh, get that darkness off us, right? We just shake it off. Uh, let's speak on, speaking on missing shows, let's talk about Lil Wayne not showing up to the Tyson fight. Man, Lil Wayne... <laughs> Little Wayne has been on a tear of I don't, I don't know. Let, let me tell you. Let me show you what just happened. Then I'm gonna speak on what happened. So the always unpredictable Little Wayne has reportedly chosen not to be part of one of 
2020's biggest fights despite being contractually obligated to do so. TMZ reports Lil Wayne totally skipped his fight to Los Angeles, skipped his flight to Los Angeles, and he was supposed to perform during Saturday. On Saturday, during the big expedition fight between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., the veteran rap megastar recently released his long-awaited mixtape "No Ceilings 3 and still has still has his promotional flyer posted on his Instagram page. So he just ups and skips his show, right? And I don't know how common this is for Wayne, but Wayne is slowly but surely deteriorating from reality. Like he always lived in a bubble, but now this bubble is his. He didn't really speak on why he missed the show, uh, what could have possibly happened. Maybe it was a money issue. I'm sure a lot of money issues, but I learned that uh, Triller or Thriller, I forget what it is called. Well, whatever it was that was uh, promoting the show, it's partially owned by Snoop. And, I mean, Snoop is a, has been a very an aggressive, been a very uh, uh, aggressive towards Trump. And, you know, is, uh, you know, if Snoop doesn't like Trump, and Lil Wayne puts the MAGA and Magnolia projects. You hear me? He put the MAGA and Magnolia projects. <laughs> That's clever. That's what I do on the spot, man. If you ain't subscribed by now, if that wasn't enough for you, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to give you. Anyway, so he skipped the show. He didn't want to do the show. And uh, I remember Wayne showing up the show so leaned out, dog. It didn't seem like he knew what was going on. I remember a dude threw a bottle on stage at Wayne, and he canceled the show. He was like, everybody in this crowd should jump that person because the show's over. Like, bro, no, get over it. Have security kick that guy out and keep the show going. You going to make it our job to go jump this guy? And what if we kill him? Huh? What happens then? But in, anyway, anyway, so Wayne Wayne clearly doesn't care. He's been doing shows since he was 14. I guess this is just one of many. But when do you get to do a Tyson fight? Uh, that's Wasn't that always legendary? Like, oh, I rapped at a Tyson fight. Yeah, he couldn't have done that. He couldn't have done it because Tyson's reign was in the in the nineties. Like, this would have been on uh, on uh, what, what, what's his face? Hold on, let me adjust my my thing here. Okay, I'm back in. I'm back when. All right. Yeah, Tyson was hot. Like what in the nineties and early nineties? Black is hot. Even then, he black is hot. Was nothing he would have came out to. He had Pac at the show. He even said, uh, Tyson came out and said he felt bad about Tyson, about Tupac getting killed after his uh, fight. I'm like, bro, don't worry about it, man. If He would have eventually, if he was running around here jumping real official crips like Lando Anderson, dog, he was going to, I mean, it was, I love, I love Pac. I'm not one of these people who all of a sudden is a big Pac hater. It seems like that's the new trendy thing. Let's just diss Pac, compare Pac to Takashi 6 9 After all, he done rapped about pro-life and pro-black, not pro-life. <laughs> all he done rapped about about being pro-black and just standing up for the culture. Now we just going to all of a sudden compare him to Takashi 6 9 It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful at its finest. But, you know, that's what you can count on from people, man. That's what you can count on from people. You can always count on people to be tacky. If they ain't going to be nothing else, they're going to be tacky. But speaking of being tacky, Wayne ain't done yet. Magnolia Slim. Magnolia. Magnolia Slim. Magnolia Slim, a.k.a. Lil Wheezy, 
isn't done supporting Trump. So he also doesn't feel his his uh, Trump stance is holding black people back because of his verse on No Ceilings 3. So No Ceilings 3 just dropped sometime uh, yesterday, but by the time you're watching this, it could have been whenever. But he dropped it around the same time Tyson and our Roy Jones fight. I don't know if that's so memorable in whatever distant future you're watching this in. But uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, wrote, he says, working out my demons, that's beautiful. And Bay off that recently. Off that recently, she's super loose. Oh, that's beautiful. And she off and bay off that recently, she's super loose. I smoke, she say pass it, she doing too much. Haven't done my taxes effing with Trump. Um, so I I don't know. <laughs> I I guess that line is meant to be uh He clearly hears this stuff, man. He clearly hears this stuff because he completely fell out with T.I. He went from being like Close homies He went from being Close homies with T.I. To like not even Talking to him at all After he called him out About Black Lives Matter After he called him out About supporting Trump This guy just does Whatever he wants to do Look here Here's what he posted That got him Into all of this mess When he took this photo Just had a great meeting With Donald Trump Besides what he's done So far with criminal reform The Platinum Plan Is going to give The community Real ownership He listens to what We had to say today and assured he will and can get it done. Oh, my God. Now, listen, I don't want to knock him for that because Ice Cube did it too. And I came in and defended Ice Cube and said, listen, it's a president. You have to sit and talk to the president. You have to talk to a president. But Wayne... You know who this who this harpens back to me for? I think about ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky tried to say, I'm not qualified to speak on police brutality. I'm not qualified to speak on any of this stuff. And everybody felt like, well, you're a brother from Harlem. Like, how you don't know about, you know, corruption and the NYPD? He was like, yeah, but what about black people killing each other? Blase, blase. And this isn't a strange phenomenon. Like, people feel this way. There are people in the community who feel like, well, the biggest problem is black people killing each other. Nobody to say that's wrong. Nobody can say one, one or the other. Cause they're right. That is wrong. I don't know if that means you allow taxpaying citizens who have nothing to do that, who's already stuck in the middle of this war zone, to, even, to be treated even more worse. Because by doing such, because if you look at these police brutality cases that we're talking about, they're not really affecting, you know, the shooter so much, right? Because you look at George Floyd, you look at uh, Eric Garner, you look at Breonna Taylor. It looks like complying with the police can be just as dangerous as shooting at the police. Because if you look at if when you go to Chicago and you see one weekend, 104 people, 104 shootings, eight police officers shot. None of those dudes that shot those police officers ever end up like in custody or getting killed. I mean, they always end up in custody perfectly fine. So it's like you can arrest a killer, a real certified killer who killed me, you kill anybody. Do whatever they want to do. And that person can be brought into and can be brought to justice without being killed while you at a traffic stop gunning down people. I think they do it to those of us, to the 90% of us black people who they know aren't quote-unquote about their life. 
You know you're going to make it home by gunning me down. You know ain't nobody going to be, ah, oh, you smoke, you smoke Dez. We going to smoke you now. You know that's not going to happen. You know there's no retaliation. There's going to be no, it's going to be a protest. It's going to be a sit-in, but you know, you know, you know different than, you know, you know different than Shorty out here robbing the block, out here breaking in the house. You know different than them. It's like, well, why be here? At least leave me with him. I can reason with him at least. So, all right, that, I got off on a tangent, but that's kind of like been our problem with, with Wayne and him speaking against police brutality and him, or not necessarily speaking against it, but I guess having his own opinion. Having his own opinion just because I don't agree with the opinion doesn't mean that I'm just going to instantly attack him or, or distance myself from him. But clearly, Wayne is out of touch. We asked this man to be more involved in politics don't be surprised when his politics is different than yours. Boosie even did an interview with Vlad and he said he feel like Wayne is more rich than black. He feels like his success and his money, I mean, money made him. End of the day, the women he sleep with, the the cars he drive, the, the friends he got, like money just made him, dog. It is what it is. I don't know who he is. I don't think he knows who he is if money's not involved. So, you know, whatever. He ain't the only person falling in love with money. He doesn't feel like he's holding black people back. But no one, and I mean no one held more black people back this weekend than Nate Robinson. The three-time slam dunk champion got, we got to get him out of here, boy. You was a mess. What is you doing? How you going after? <laughs> you got knocked out by not keeping your hands up. Oh, yeah, we've been saying hands up, don't shoot. And you can't keep your hands up. You let white supremacy knock you to the floor. We've been fighting against it all year, brother. What, what's going on? You, you've empowered these MAGAs out here. If you don't know what I'm talking about, after the, uh, at the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones fight, which I guess, I, I guess a lot of people saying Mike won, Roy showed up so sloppy. Roy showed up with a dad bar like it wasn't nobody's business. I can't tell you about this boy. <laughs> this boy Royal Trip, man. But uh, he showed up, and I was like, when I seen his body, I said Mike won. Mike won because I was gonna give him speed, right? Because you know, uh, Roy was known for like taunting his victims by like holding his arms out like in a T shape, right? Stretching his arms out in a T shape and like bobbing his head left to right, and you couldn't catch him. You couldn't catch him. That was his thing. He was very evasive. He was very, like, skilled in speed. His dad used to have him chasing chickens. Like, that's that old school stuff. That's that old school stuff. You don't forget it. So I'm like, Roy ain't forgot that yet. Roy better than, than Mike. Roy better than Mike. This is what I'm saying the whole time. Roy, biggest problem, he kept jumping up and down weight classes. And I guess I, maybe this is what he had to weigh. Now, that's, that's the thing. Maybe this is what he had to weigh to box Tyson. But Tyson just, ugh. Tyson was just a monster. And Tyson said he got high before. He said he got high before uh, boxing Roy. So he was in there full of that good. He was in there full of that tuka. I'm not, I'm joking. I'm not, that wasn't funny. That, that wasn't funny. I said I was going to start talking about that. Uh, but uh, anyway, you know, he, he was in there floating. But Nate Robinson boxed. So hold, 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 let me give you the rundown on what happened with Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson was the undercard. So, YouTube personality Jake Paul finished his fight against former NBA player Nate Robinson on Saturday with an uh, emphatic right hand that knocked down the ex-slam dunk champion out cold. The moment happened about midway through the second round 
after Robinson had been knocked down two times prior. <laughs> Robbery legs. Boy, get your feet up on you. You got to get your sea legs. Uh, Paul, for what it's worth, has been, so this is Jake Paul, has been training for this kind of competition. Boxing is something he says he wants to make a career out of and for the better part of a year. So it was pretty, pretty deserved, especially when you consider the notable talent disparity between the two in the ring. Still, that didn't stop many on Twitter from lobbying jokes on one another over what had just happened. So you got to also remember one thing about uh one thing about uh, Nate Robinson that I'm at least give the brother some kind of like, I don't know, throw him some kind of lifeline because he need a lifeline. He needs something. He needs something to work for him. Uh, the, the lifeline I'm going to throw Nate Robinson is the fact that he's always been a smaller dude that's been going at bigger guys. This has always been Nate Robinson's MO. Nate Robinson is always boxed against, uh, not boxed, he's always played ball against six foot three, six foot four guys. He's like 5'9". He's 5'9". He was a slam dunk competition, uh, slam dunk champion. He a little dude, but, you know, he pack a punch. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not, man. Uh, the the size difference was astounding, but the you know Jake Paul, as much as he's a goofball, he's like some goofy white boy. This is what they do, man. Fighting is what they do. They're actually very talented fighters, and that's this kid's whole thing, you know. With like Jake Paul, he's just innately talented at stuff. He does have. He's an innately a talented dude, you know. He don't rap with artists. The thing where he's so unlikable is I think one time he went to it's this place in uh, Japan called Suicide Forest, right? Where this is where people go to kill themselves. You would think they would have police stationed out there. You would think, you know, on the road to good business sense would be on the road to every entrance into this forest should be a therapist's office. <laughs> it should be, are you going through things? Like every sign as you walk in, are you going through things? It's not too late to turn around. We can help you. That's what I would have if I was a businessman, if I was a, a therapist or something. If, if I was a therapist, crazy enough, I got one now. You know, it's one of those virtual online joints, but, you know, I got one now. I got somebody to talk to if you care about that kind of stuff, you know. But that that had nothing to do with, with our, him damn near killing Nate Robinson. You know, that, that was just manslaughter in that ring there. I seen the punch, too. And, and all he had to do was keep his hands up, man. Nate, you just weren't prepared, man. You just weren't prepared. And they, they like knocking out black guys. He likes knocking out black guys. Then he beat up another guy called KSI or something. Yeah, so they, they like beating up on black guys. That's their thing. That's why I call him a white supremacist. He may not be one at all. I think he did a song 21 Savage. Uh, but since we're speaking, since we're on the topic of 21 Savage, look at me segueing today. Uh, let's talk about 21 Savage brother who was allegedly killed. Not his, he was not allegedly killed. He was actually dead. Uh, 21 Savage's brother's alleged killer was found. So a suspect has, has reportedly been arrested and charged for the murder of 21, 21 Savage's younger brother, Tyrell Davis, according to the London Metropolitan Police. 21-year-old, I guess it's Tyrese Fuller, was taken into custody on Saturday and will appear at the Brimley Magistry, Magistry Court on Monday. That's an interesting court to go to, the Magistry Court. 
like the stuff that they named it, there was uh, there was more stuff in the article, but just the way you pronounce it made it sound like it was the most goofy shit, like most goofy stuff ever. Like, oh, it's the Magister Court and uh, 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 whatever. I'm like, just the way it sounds makes it sound like it's not even a serious thing. Just call it a courtroom. That's what we call it. That's what we call it. But, you know, it's all the royal family. It's all royalty and whatnot. You know how that go. You know how they like to do it. But a uh, suspect has been so, ironically, it was a 21-year-old that killed 21 Savage's uh, younger brother. The younger brother, I believe, was 27, so I don't know how old 21 Savage is. He probably damn near 30 at this point. I don't know if it was his brother through his mother. Uh, I don't believe this brother was ever, like, in America. So maybe it was, like, the dad. It could have been the dad. I don't think this was, like, a deported brother. I don't even know how close 21 Savage was to him. Matter of fact, it's crazy because after Vaughn died, 21 Savage bought his sister a car. And, uh, I mean, his sister bad. You got to understand, his sister a cute woman. So, of course, everybody naturally questioned why 21 Savage bought her a car. And, uh, and I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I honestly don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if Vaughn can say what I've done as an artist has provided the people in my life access to a more lucrative social circle. I've done my job, man. I've did my part. That's all. You can't knock that. that. That's just success in a whole. That's kind of what you want to shoot for, right? When you really think about uh, uh, success. When, when you really think about success, you want it, you want it to be... Uh, you you want it to be more people successful. Something I almost forgot about, man. So Andre three thousand was dissed by Young Thug at Ti's uh expeditious on on Ti's expeditiously podcast, which he is branding that word to no one's business. I haven't heard the word expeditiously more than I have since he started this whole thing. Look, despite being a famed lyricist and part of legendary rap group Outkast, Andre 3000 stays off the grid. He seemingly trades, trading the spotlight in favor of a more relaxed life, rapping and making public appearances sparingly. But he found himself in headlines during this week uh, after fellow rapper, fellow Atlanta rapper Young Thug slighted him in an interview. After catching wind uh, of the barb, social media used, users rallied behind uh, the, the prototype hitmaker saying he paved the way for rappers like Young Thug and pointed out his past praises of so much fun artists. What Young Thug said about Andre 3000 exactly. Young Thug comments came during a November appearance on T.I.'s Expeditiously podcast. The two were discussing Andre 3000's impact as a rapper when Young Thug said, I can't rap, I can't rap you two Andre 3000 songs. I ain't never paid attention to him, never in my life. His remarks stunned T.I., who urged him to team up with the Hey Y'all rapper, especially since he knew the collaboration with other artists like Elton John. But Young Thug maintained there's a difference between the two artists. Elton John likes to kiss ass. Andre likes his ass kiss, he continued. Elton John is just more of a fan of a type of N-word, of a type of N-word, to the point I'm like, N-word, let's do a song. He's like, N-word, bet. Andre's more like this is his, you know, secretary. I don't know what that means. 
I don't. It, it's hard to ever understand what this young man here means. But from there, he and T.I. continue to go back and forth on the subject with T.I. suggesting his About Money collaborator that he had wrong impressions of Andre 3000, but Young Thug stood by his remarks. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he means. Like, he likes, one to say Elton John kiss his ass. I don't. I don't, I don't know what these young men going through. You know, they get high on whatever. You know these boys get high on whatever. They'll say whatever. Um, but some sometimes you can't you can't get water out of beat, dog. It is what it is. But when that's just style, when when and that's just your style, when that's how you come up rapping, and you hear another artist, honestly, sonically, I hear more of Kendrick and Andre than I do. Young Thug. I don't know what it is they got Young Thug doing that, but maybe Young Thug is trying to get, like, you know, the attention on him, the talk on him. Because we forget Young Thug's a troll. We forget that's how he came. He just hasn't trolled lately. But it, I guess he felt like he was only going to do that until he got in the game, right? Because he would start doing more gay things. He would, like, be more feminine. He's, like, a very feminine man. So um, maybe, of course, he's going to get along with Andre. Not Andre. He's going to get along with Elton John more than Andre. Maybe uh, Elton John was a little more acquiescent to his desires. If you get what I'm saying, maybe Andre wasn't really mixing with dogs like that. But I don't think it's a disrespect to Andre to compare Young Thug to Andre because Andre got bars. What is we talking about? Like Young Thug says some stuff. Don't get me wrong. He does say some stuff. He gets he gets uh, uh, slighted as an artist more than he should because he's a great like musical artists. He had a song called Digits. I love that song. I love that record. That was one of the hardest songs I think I had heard that year when it came out. Might have been like 2018. But you know, you know, Thug's a tough guy to get along with, I guess. And you know, Andre also, you know, Andre Andre doesn't really take the game that serious. I think it comes to him more than he comes to it, for real. And a lot of times that might that might make it Tougher for him to uh, that, that that may make it tougher. You know who Andre is? Andre is kind of like the Melissa Ford of rappers, cause Melissa Ford never really gave an effort to be a successful model. She was just beautiful. She was curvy. She was light skinned with the pretty. She was biracial too. I didn't know that. I didn't know her dad's like, I don't know. Her mama, or her dad, one of them was like Italian or something. She's from Canada, so not only is she a foreign, <laughs> not only is she a foreign vibe. Although most people don't think Canadian when they say, oh, she a foreign vibe. I don't think they think Canadian. I'm thinking you're talking like, you know, Puerto Rican or, or uh, you know, Puerto Rican ain't. You're thinking Cuba. You're thinking Jamaican. You know, you're thinking something like that when you're thinking foreign. Like, oh, I got I got something nobody can get. But anyway, Melissa Ford is more or less like that. It's like that for Andre where she was just kind of naturally good and naturally had her time and now people want her to be more involved and she's like well that's not what i want to do i want to be a real estate agent or i want to do this i want to do that and andre's the same thing i don't think we got enough of that person yet like you could look at karuchi not karuchi you could look at corinne steffens she's dying to stay in the spotlight she's dying to stay relevant and she'll do whatever it takes while i think so i think that's like comparing to i think comparing andre to young thug is like comparing Melissa Ford to Corinne Steffens. Like, one is just dying to stay in the spotlight. 
Because you look at Young Thug, Young Thug never really had his moment. Like, the Migos had their moment. Even they fall off, Lil Baby's having his moment. A lot of these Atlanta rappers are having a moment. He never really had his moment. Um, I, I'm sure it's a lot of... I'm sure it's a lot of people who feel like he had no place of talking to, you know, or talking to Andre like that. But it is what it is. You know, you can't expect much out of people who feel like the world owes them something. Um, what's this? Oh, yeah, Monica. Monica got rewarded. What's it? Hold on. Rick Ross encourages Nate Robinson to stay optimistic after KO. Now, let me see, because Ross got a lot to say. Ross been saying a lot lately. I'm finna check it out. We just gonna go through this one, you know, real quick. It may get us to, to our hour mark. Rick Ross chimes in on Nate Robinson challenge after the ex NBA player humiliated, humiliating defeat. Nate Robinson is currently the laughing stock of the internet after he got knocked out by Jake Paul. Yes, the YouTube Jake Paul. It was an embarrassing moment that was broadcasted for the world to see, and now he's a trending topic on Twitter. Nate Robinson, thank you, everybody, for the well wishes. I'm okay. I appreciate him. Thanks for our thriller. Yeah, okay. So the clip of Nate Robinson's humiliating KO immediately, immediately made his rounds on social media in real time. Jim Jones, Jim Jones and Jewels was clowning him. Jim Jones said he went home punching the air like uh, uh like Trey from Boys in the Hood, like Cuban Gooden Jr. from Boys in the Hood, like, ah, come at me. I don't think he went home doing that at all. I think he went home like, thank God I'm out of there. Uh, anyway, Jim Jones, Rick Ross, and many others chimed in on the shocking moment. Rose, however, is a stand-up guy and waited until he found out Nate Robson was okay until he allowed himself to enjoy the moment. Now we all know, now we all know he alright. We can enjoy the entertainment, Ross said, while evidently trying to hold back the laughter. Despite the human and knockout, Ross wasn't going to contribute to the flurries of memes that flooded the timeline. Instead, he offered Robinson some words of encouragement as he seeked to honor the former NBA player's basketball legacy. I'm finna find a Nate Robinson jersey go put on the date, Ross says, as he looked at his collection of jerseys in his closet. Y'all got the Nate Robinson challenge going on. They picking on the man. That's my dog, man, he added. It seems like Ross was a little less concerned for Nate Robinson rather than the Wingstop branding, though. I'm finna find a Nate Robinson jersey because the the ish ain't right. Y'all doing my dog wrong. Y'all know he was promoting Wingstop, he said. Unfortunately, Ross doesn't pose, possess a uh, a Robinson jersey, but he did offer the embattled athlete to pick up a 50-piece uh, a 50 piece of wings I still want you to go get a 50 piece of wings And find a way to enjoy the day <laughs> And all the memes going on Everybody's face down ass up I get it I get it <laughs> I get it But Nate You went in there And you got your check Just look at the positive Ross concluded Oh man Oh man well, you know what? I remember Nate Robson did a tour of Rick Ross's I Mansion. I remember that. He did he did uh, a thing where he just kind of goes in there and he, you know, he looks over. And he look he looks in your crib. He's kind of like trying to do MTV cribs. And you know, he looks at your sneakers. That that's always a hot thing. People love sneaker culture. People love sneaker culture. Oh, 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 oh. Man, you know what? Oh, I don't want to talk about my Jaguars, man. I don't even want to. 
Why? Five Marvel characters Kevin Hart would be perfect for. Nah, we ain't got time to follow that. Mama Lady all all on uh people was talking about his last comedy special wasn't funny. No F's to give. I think him and Dave was like giving more commentary. And two, it's tough because Kevin Hart, and I'm talking about Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart's stand-up is something that he works out, right? He works that out with himself. He finds a way to make that relevant. He finds a way to make it relevant by going in like these small little intimate nightclubs and, you know, and performing his set, making sure he has all his last right, his stuff down pat. And uh, and that that's just saying, I don't think he had time to do that. He did it in his living room. I believe his next special when he's in front of, because now it's like, how much more bigger do you get? You did the Madison Square Garden. You did as big as you could get it. You made it a big deal. I don't know. Oh, Lil Wayne announced I'm Not a Human Being 3 coming. You can keep it. Well, how about uh, Lawson Pippen said New Titan is born Lil... Lawson... Larsa? I don't know what it is. It's Larsa something. But anyway, uh, Scotty Pippen's wife, she trifling, boy. She is trifling. She's going to talk about having an affair with Tristan Thompson while she's still married to uh, Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen, dog. This ain't it. This ain't, I hate seeing OGs go out like this. I hate seeing older black men that should know better, not knowing better, brother. This kind of stuff, this be the stuff that hurt my heart. This really be the stuff that hurt my heart, man. You know, I'm, I'm crying for you. I'm embarrassed for you. How you got Shorty coming out here talking about, and then Trips and Thompson's in future? You cheated on me with guys who not even hubby material. Even if I'm cheating, cheat on me with somebody better than me. What is you? No, ma, she a clown, dog. I don't care what it is. I, I don't care what, what it is. And another thing, Jeezy evolved some trap or die to grow or die. I guess so. Um. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. And another thing, another thing that I kind of thought would bring some traffic to my show that I thought was going to have a positive impact on my show, and it didn't, which was Twitter calling Trump the diaper don. Now, that's my sauce. Where you find it? That's too close to Dapper Don. You need to stop it. All right. You see, I got it on the shirt. I got it back there. I got it. If you watch, if you listen to this on our iTunes, you see that say Dapper Don on the picture. Dapper Don, that's me. I got that on lock. I'm going to call him the Diaper Don. And you ain't, you ain't even check with me, Trump. You know you got to check. You know you got to talk to me about that. See, brothers like me and you, we build these big brands, and we gotta make sure that we get in, uh, 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 that we get not just do and not just regulation. You should have instead of saying that Twitter was a security risk, because you know all the stuff that you've been saying, you ain't gonna be able to say no more. Because I think it's something like you can't tell the president what to say or not to say, how to uh to not to announce something. So you just kind of gotta let the president tweet whatever he wants to tweet. But now, you know, he's bashing Twitter, uh, I guess the actual company of Twitter, for the for the diaper Don uh, comments. I, I don't know what it's about. I didn't bother to look it up, but I seen it was trending. 
I'm like, damn, you would think maybe Dapper Don would have got, because if it's millions of people doing that, somebody would have had to spell correct and hit with Dapper Don. All right? I'm, I'm going to talk to Twitter. I'm going to get up with our Google and make sure anything that's close to the name Dapper Don, I'm the first thing to pop up. So, you know, just, just let you know, that's my sauce. Don't be all on my sauce. Don't be trying to do what I do because it's, it's me. It's me. I came up with that. That's what I do. It's what I do. But, man, until then, uh, that that's your hip-hop. That, that's your talk of the week. Man, we do this every Monday. Come on, have fun. Jump in that comment section. It's fun down there. We do a lot of trash talking. And, man, until then, it's your boy Daffodon Dez. I'm out.